Welcome to More Than Meets These Guys. This podcast is a journey through Transformers from the beginning of the animated series with two old friends coming at it from different perspectives. I'm Evan. I'm the lifelong fan who's familiar with all aspects of the franchise. Well, Ed is familiar with a little bit, likes to say he hates it. We'll see by the end of this. And we will be going through the show from the beginning, episode by episode, with the occasional extra to look at how the show holds up or if it is a trap of nostalgia. We'll be looking at all things involved in the episode, whether there were real world factors that crept into the writing or if the episode was typical afternoon cartoon fodder. Thank you so much for joining us. Ed, how you doing, man? Hey, man, I'm doing great. Hey, so this weekend uh, I went to a collectible toy store. Yeah, and uh, I don't usually go to these kinds of places because um, typically when I when you go to these places, they're normally very dirty and dingy, right? And, yeah, uh, they're manned by a, a greasy dude sitting behind a counter that uh, either completely ignores you or they like to uh, lord this collectible knowledge over you as you're looking at things uh, or talking to yeah. somebody, you know, whatever. Which I, I don't, I don't like those kinds of environments, so I just, I don't. I don't normally go to these places, so um, uh, for the most part. But uh, um, the one that I ended up going to, though, was the polar opposite of that. It was very had a lot of natural light in this place, and uh, it was very clean, very organized. Uh, everything was labeled, um, which is a you know kind of a rarity. Uh, the staff were, were very nice and very engaging. There was more than one person working at this place, which is uh, very, which is it's unheard very of. Very rare. Yeah, I know. I know. Right. There were just guys whose job, I think, was just to walk around and, and engage with uh, with customers. It's pretty cool. Um, you don't like I said, you don't normally see that. Um, and I ended up talking to this kid uh, about Transformers because this, this place had hundreds of transformers in this display case and like uh stuff in the box uh, everything all the way from g1 up until uh current stuff it was it was pretty amazing i don't so, uh, again so, i don't know thing one about this stuff but it looked really really cool so what you're uh, saying is a, it was a very reputable spot i understand oh, i'll definitely yeah i'll definitely go back um <laughs> so yeah um but i was talking to this to this kid and uh you know we talked about transformers and um shogun warriors a little bit and he, he got really excited about uh, talking to me about robots and i, I thought that was very cool and which uh, uh, reminded me of how much positivity that I tend to see in the Transformers community, which is uh, a nice change from fandoms like uh, like Star Wars or uh, Dungeons and Dragons and, and things of that thing, where th- which just seems like they're just kind of riddled with uh, this worm rot of people that just hate everything just to hate it. You know, like that's that mm-hmm. they think that yeah, gives them like some sort of a, a, a special position that they just don't like everything. So. Um, but uh, which which led me to thinking about which you know fandoms that that I really like and like interacting with, and um, I'll tell you the number one fandom that I like hanging out with and talking talking about things: horror movie fans. Really, I wouldn't have expected that. That's they nice. are they are the coolest people on the face of the earth, um, and uh, and yeah, that, that's you know, and that's relevant to the season, you know, because we know we're coming up on on Halloween. And, uh, you know, there's zero gatekeeping in horror. Um, everyone loves everything. Like, you could shoot a 15-minute short film about, like, a haunted water bottle on an old <laughs> 80s VHS camcorder, and people will love it. People will eat it up, and then, you know, as a director, you'll be on 74 podcasts, and then, like, some doom metal band is going to wear a T-shirt of your movie <laughs> on stage. And, like, they just, they love this stuff. They just, they absolutely eat it up. And um, so, which uh, which makes me very happy. I mm-hmm. I like people that are supportive of those kinds of things, those like kind of grassroots things. I like that. Um, but that said, uh, since it's uh, that time of the year, it's it's uh, it's spooky season. It's uh, we're oh yeah, on, man, on, on Halloween. So, uh, um, Evan, are you a, are you a horror film? Are you a horror? Man, film we fan? have been like we, we've been looking for that. I don't know that that uh, Diamond in the Rough horror movie because every so often you get surprised, and I, I'll tell you, one of the biggest complaints I hear from people is. Hollywood has no new ideas and really because the big Hollywood producers want to back something they know is going to work. So they, they like a trusted uh, property, but we see a lot of these lower budget movies, even not even low budget, they're moderate budget. You see a lot of the, uh, gotta look at the Jordan Peele movies. Those are great. Those um, are fantastic. Yeah, those, a are, lot of, those are great. Um, yeah, social commentary. Oh, 
but right yeah which i think is which i think is good because i think a lot of uh a lot of horror films uh tended to kind of you know, even classic ones tended to have that to an extent you know uh, mm-hmm. night of the living dead all the romero films had a lot of that kind very of stuff. much so um he was a little heavy-handed in some of it but i really yeah i think it 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 uh worked out really well in that I, i'll tell you honestly though i also love the weird older italian horror lucio fulci movies oh man i love there's always always this this great baseline of music behind it too like this someone's strumming a bass guitar and playing a flute in this like yeah. kind of outer space kind of feel to it yeah that was usually the band goblin are you uh, kidding they, me That's... yeah they, they, they did a lot of those yeah if you can track their stuff down it's always it's, uh, oh. a lot of it's really weird kind of a uh, synth wavy or like proto synth wave or um it was it, almost like a more pop version of like uh like john carpenter's uh synth uh scores for halloween okay. and uh and that, that kind of thing so nice. yeah. yeah you have any favorite horror films uh old or old or new um uh I'll, I'll tell you man old and this is always always at least to a lot of um conversation because what it means and how it began and so on and so forth hellraiser is still sticks is one of the favorite ones because i liked the source material the hellbound hearts so much because it once like 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 Nightbreed, it shows the humans oh, yeah. are the bad guys. You know the uh, the the Cenobites, you know Pinhead or the Engineer, or the High Priest or whatever you like to call them. Him and the Cenobites are like almost like they are neutral. They have, they have their own slight desires, but they have a job. They show up because someone desires something. And yeah, they're like a, primal forces almost. They're yeah, not, it is so a, much villains as much as uh, the the people that, that that do think you know the the people that do things and those are more the are, are more the villains. Um, yeah, definitely, and it's it, it's like it's a monkey's paw kind of story. They always are. There's like, hey, we'll do what you want, literally what you want. It may not be the way you want it, <laughs> but uh, it, I, 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 I like that because it shows you know it gets away from the classic idea of hell, and it gives us an idea of what would torment us would be reliving something that that was so horrible to us, but they're just there to do a job. And the people are the bad guys. That's that always sticks with me. It always does. Um, how about you? Like, like old, you know, horror movie. What do you think? Um, well, you know, I was going to touch on, on uh, Hellraiser was uh, oh, yeah, for well, a long please. time was one of my favorite uh, movies. So after, uh, after a night out on the town, so to speak, um, that was my favorite movie to uh, to pop in the DVD player and uh, kind of fall asleep to. And I've done that that movie several <laughs> times. And just, uh, to tell you a and, little bit about you, yeah. And uh, it's uh, that's one of the most metal films ever. I love it. Um, and uh, no, it's it, it's really good. And it's more of a, a humanist take on on horror, uh, which is you know kind of a you know a contrast from you know a lot of people will say that Barker tends to is Lovecraftian. I, I don't really see that at all because um, yeah. you know it's the uh, you know the, the otherworldly forces aren't the villains there. So it's always the people that are the that are the villains in those in those stories for the most part. But I like yeah. this. But um, classic horror films. Um, one that I feel like gets sort of forgotten, but was a real staple when I was a younger kid was uh, from 1987, The Gate. Oh, man, I love that. Gate. Yeah, it was just, uh, if you haven't seen it, it's about a couple of uh, couple of kids. One of them's a metalhead. One of them's kind of a nerd. Uh, they play a record backwards and accidentally summon some demons, then have to deal with all that uh, trash using uh, model rockets. Um, it's just a lot of things that are there building models and heavy metal records, uh, <laughs> satanic panic, uh, love all that. Um, it's uh, one of those uh movies that was sort of an afternoon cable TV staple where it would you know pop up like four o'clock on Saturday afternoon or on like Showtime or one of those non HBO premium channels, a Cinemax or the movie channel, uh, one of those kinds of things. Um, uh, it's a cool movie that it, it has a it, to me, it has a pretty unique atmosphere. The, the entire thing looks like it's shot through a weird haze and gives it sort of a, a dreamlike quality through the, the you know, pretty much the entire movie. And um, not really sure if that was intentional or if it was uh, kind of a byproduct of filmmaking technology in the in the mid '80s um, or how the print of the film has aged. Um, probably say the latter uh since that the director of that uh worked in that zone of low budget horror and sci-fi and uh made for tv stuff and a, a lot of movies that look bad like uh mansquito <laughs> apparently a movie that he <laughs> mansquito 
Which is apparently is he a mosquito? Uh, no, he's mansquito. <laughs> apparently, it's a a fairly. Uh, I haven't seen it, but uh, it it's, it sounds like a fairly decent uh, sort of uh, schlock version of the fly of the, the Jeff Goldblum version of the fly, which um, hmm. which I'm like I'm, I'm kind of intrigued, kind of want to see it. Um, Man, but, as yeah. long as he says cheeseburger in that way, I'm I'm all in. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, the, the gate. Um, if you haven't seen it, uh, if you like '80s horror films or uh, you know heavy metal or um, even like you know current homages to those kinds of things, like uh, like The Cabin in the Woods or Stranger Things, uh, yeah. definitely definitely check it out. It's a it's it's uh, it's definitely worth a watch. I don't know that I would say that it's like um, it, you know it's not a heavy hitter like Nightmare on Elm Street or Friday the 13th or um, those kinds of uh, you know those heavyweight like slasher films but it's definitely uh, it, 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 it has a place uh, I, I definitely enjoyed it. it's kind of a kind of a downbeat atmosphere so uh, yeah the gate check it out yeah actually when I was uh, younger before I was really into horror my, my brother was I was not and uh, the gate actually freaked me out the idea that the little uh, demons pulling him into the hole and oh, yeah, that, that, yeah, those little, yeah, those, those little yeah. stop motion uh, claymation yeah, looking guys. They were, they were pretty, pretty creepy. Yeah, pretty creepy guys. And yeah, and yeah I do agree with you. It, it has, has this kind of haze. I almost wonder if it was to cover up for maybe low production value. But who knows? I mean, it looks really good and it's memorable. I still remember it to this day. And I built model rockets. So it was only a little bridge in there, man. <laughs> <You're right. laughs> I, yeah. I, I'm kind of curious, you know, as um looking at your um your your pick for classic, what do you think about current? Um, I've got some, uh, uh, there's a lot of stuff that, um, uh, that I like, um, uh, like, uh, I, I like a lot of that A24 stuff, like I said, yeah. um, uh, current stuff, uh, you know, I, I was going to talk about something, uh, speaking of A24, I was going to talk about like the witch or hereditary or, um, you know, since that's, that's kind fantastic. of, that, yeah, they're all really good. They're part of that kind of current Renaissance and horror, um, but uh, I feel like those those movies are kind of mainstream enough, and have, or, or they've gotten enough tension that uh, most uh, most everyone that those uh, movies are are made for have already seen them. Yeah. Um, instead, I want to talk about uh, a movie from 2013 called A Field in England. Um, it's a black and white film set during the English Civil War. Follows a group of guys. Uh, some of them are are deserting soldiers. Mm-hmm. Um, others are uh, there's a, like a like a, like an officer hunting those guys down. There's a, like an alchemist apprentice, um, and uh, they're wandering this uh, battlefield where they've deserted and they're trying to find a tavern um, as they're all kind of uh, you know lost in, in this place. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, but each guy sort of has their own agenda, and uh, they kind of, you know, there's a, there's a big series of betrayals. Uh, they end up uh, eating some mushrooms and hallucinating uh, to the point that uh, you're not sure at various times what's real and uh or, or what you're seeing through the character's point of view while all this weirdness is going on and it, it gets weirder and weirder as things go on um i like this movie a lot uh it's, it's set during a time when you don't really see a whole lot of movies set you don't see a whole lot of things set during the english civil war which is a period that i to be honest don't know a whole lot about um but i, I find pretty intriguing um <laughs> But uh, also, it has a kind of a, a grim dark vibe as as well. Um, it reminds me of movies like uh, uh, the movie Flesh and Blood. The oh yeah, movie Flesh and Blood with uh, Roger. Or, yeah, um, I, I like that. But it it's also kind of uh, fits in really well with the settings for uh, uh, things like uh, like Warhammer Fantasy and uh, Darkest Dungeon, um, uh, things like that. Uh, kind of a sharp mm-hmm. contrast to the the sort of uh, what I call the bright fantasy and stuff yeah. like Lord Lord of the Rings. Um, and, and whatnot so uh, okay yeah, nice yeah. i definitely have to check that out yeah what about you any any current uh, i mean there's a lot of you watch lately that i've really been into um but the one i went back rewatched again recently uh was mandy i'm sure you've seen that right i haven't seen mandy i i, I have a friend that, oh, that, uh, i have a friend that, that, that does a horror podcast that is his favorite movie <clears throat> And uh, I have it has been on my list. I've had it in my up my up to watch. I own it on iTunes. I have not watched <laughs> that movie. I don't know. I don't know what's wrong with me. I, I don't know. So, uh, Honestly, it is. It's it really kind of made me a renewed uh, Nick Cage fan. But he's not being Nick Cage as like Gonzo Nick Cage. The whole thing is shot. It's almost like him and his 
girlfriend, wife, I'm not exactly sure. They have this idyllic life in the middle of the woods and it's gorgeous houses, gorgeous scenery. But there's a lot of reading of fantasy kind of like that from the seventies. There's uh, but there's also a feel almost of this like acid dream through a lot of it, which sounds funny when you say, but it. it's also really frightening. There's a lot of usage of red light, which gives everything, it washes everything with this weird, I don't know, unreal kind of feel to it. Like the, it's, it's kind of stuck between worlds. The whole movie feels like that. He gets into total gonzo mode for Nick Cage and there is a chainsaw fight. I, I can't tell you enough good things about it. It's, it's a really <laughs> great movie for the, it sets the atmosphere, but also has enough of that weird horror, but it's also really, it's a beautifully made movie. Like someone loved that movie when they, uh, when they made it. So I, I really appreciate that a lot. And uh, it's rewatching so good still. That's not, that sounds amazing. And you've sold me on it even more. Yeah. Um, you, I'm so, surprised yeah, you I, have. I definitely, yeah. So am I at this point, but, uh, so, um, no kids around. Yeah. Well, yeah, well, that's, a, that's kind of, a given, <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Um, if, uh, but yeah, so if I were a gambling man, I'd pick up the dice and roll for it. Oh, there we that, go. I like nice. it. Oh, God, that's nice. The name of the episode again. Oh my God. It's almost like a shtick now. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, this is episode five of season one. Roll for it. The best thing is it is a con- complete continuation. It's almost like we're still in the arc of that first trilogy. We go it, right it, into this. Yeah, it picked right up. Yeah. Um, like 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 almost immediately, which was kind of, um, that wasn't really a, much of a thing in, in 80s kids cartoons, especially these like toy ad cartoons like this where... Um, uh, where you know each one was just made for you to watch, you know, when you got home, and you know you consumed that one, and that was uh, you know that was the end of that. So yeah, that was um yeah. That first scene, Starscream is proclaiming himself the new oh, leader because Megatron's God. gone, and he almost clipped Soundwave doing a bank. Did you see that Soundwave's like Dude. out getting out of the way? He's, he's trying to like proclaim himself leader and I- have this victory bank off to the side. That's the sound waves a pro. He knows what he knows the score. He's like, he's like, he just assumes nope. that Starscream's gonna try to hit him in the air. And like, oh no. And uh, obviously, uh it's more effective and agile to fly in robot mode than it is to fly in any other mode. So uh yeah, Soundwave, once again, uh once again, he's the he's secretly, I think he's secretly in charge. I think is what's going on. He just he just tolerates whoever's so yeah, they uh because <laughs> of these guys in this uh once again they're gonna hit a power plant. They're going, and, to a, uh, they're going to a dam. They're going to again. another dam. They're going they, to a dam again. Nice thing, Starscream is he has no imagination. He goes, dude, he's, dude, he's recycling Megatron's old plants. We'll see how it plays out. But like, two, so, yeah. Yeah, yeah so it, these guys are, uh, yeah, they're, they're flying towards this dam and uh, these, these guys working here, again, that look exactly like uh, Spike and Sparkplug, who I thought they were them at first, but apparently it's not. Oh, this is, God, there's so many gray uniforms. Uh, <laughs> yellow hard hats in this, man. Yep. And um, this one guy's, uh, those jets are, look like they're going to land in our laps. And <laughs> guy goes because they are. <laughs> they come. Starscream flies as an F-15 through the play glass. <laughs> through the window. And uh, transforms. The He's right in, in the window. This is, yeah, this is amazing. Yeah, he, and also he starts taking the energy and like, who needs Megatron? Well, then who shows up but Optimus, Brawn, and uh, Cliffjumper, who uh, actually, there, okay, there, there's a uh, a long-running kind of a team in, um, in Transform- Transformers lore called the Wreckers. They're basically the um, the the guys who go in and um, do all the hard work. They, they, they do all the uh, heavy lifting as far as, you know, going toe-to-toe with a lot of Decepticons. That happens later on through, I think, first shows up in uh british comics and it makes big uh move into the uh, american comics with idw but uh yeah now you have a whole subline transformers called records but uh this is the first mention where cliff jumper you know show, shows up and uh, says something about you know the records are here and what does he do he, oh he did yeah he did say that didn't he yeah yeah so um, uh i don't know if this is meant to be that way but i mean hey it's first first time in the uh, lore that it's mentioned but what does um, cliff jumper do first it's laid out Water around yep it's laid out uh, uh, before they got there though there was a uh, this really cool dude with a with a fancy mustache that uh picked up the phone and called for help he's like there's decepticons call help and i don't know who he's calling i, I don't know who he's calling here but uh, immediately there's some security, security? guards that sh- security guards show up and they just start shooting pistols at the mm-hmm. at, at the decepticons they're like taking cover behind uh these boxes like they're from like hill street blues or something like that they're, uh, they're like, shooting at these decepticons so, oh man i'll tell you that and, age. Uh, somebody says uh my transistors are trembling 
and I'm really into these. Starscream does that, yeah. Starscream, yeah. I'm really into these uh, uh, Transformers expressions that the that the actual Transformers characters are saying here. These uh, robot specific uh, exclamations. I'm really, I'm really into these. Yeah. Um, Samway is making boxes again out of his yep. chest. He's uh, this is like his number his number one power is making these boxes to hold Energon. Like nobody else. Utility man. If, what if he gets taken out? Who's gonna make the, Who's gonna make the boxes? Their entire plan revolves around him. Well, they can't ever have him die, huh? No, no. You gotta keep. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. He's yep. the MVP. He's the MVP of the Decepticons. So yeah, the uh, Cliff Jumper gets swatted around there. Optimus Prime them show up. Starscream goes toe to toe with Optimus, and who beats the? Who takes a uh, generator over his head, tosses the Energon cubes, it blows them up, blows them all up, it blows them all up. Dude. I like, mean, what are you gonna do? It's done. And I love how the uh, <laughs> I think it's like a uh, Blue Streak and Prowl are coming in. Are also firing on. Uh, on Soundwave, and Soundwave does this whole wacky like whoa, he, he gets <laughs> lost in a the, volleyball net or something. He crashes to a tennis net. <laughs> it's just hilarious. He crashes, and then um, it's a prowl like like rear ends him and yeah. sends him like like tumbling into the sky. And um, and there's Starscream. <laughs> Starscream is them. like, wait, he tells him transform, you fool, now. Like he's yelling at him and uh, just calling him an idiot basically so he yeah. transforms into a tape deck and um he gets sucked up into the intake of uh of starscream that was the best thing though like Soundwave, like wh- <laughs> where are they playing like volleyball or tennis on their break at it, the uh why at the was dam? it there what was it there for was it a safety net or was it was for it just literally like 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 recreation i have no idea Th- there was a nice touch here though was um as starscream was uh, transforming and taking off he kind of uh he flew through uh, like the water that was coming over the, mm-hmm. the edge of the dam that powers the you know the power plant uh but they they uh because of the mist and everything of the water was there they animated a little a little rainbow in there Nice yeah, there's a little, little rainbow there. Really, this episode nice. has really oh, bad oh. animation and really great animation. It depends on what what scene you're in. Okay. Soundwave uh, tumbling was not good animation. No. It was the uh, no. it was the opposite. It was very bad. Um, he looked real. <laughs> he looked real silly. And uh, man, Thundercracker, dude, Thundercracker already knows and hates that Starscream is is in charge. He's just he just knows that this is not going to end well. Yeah, they, they they take off and Starscream's nose is bent down like his canopy. Uh, it, it, the nose of his jet is bent down. He gets shot in the air by a uh, blue streak, and they're mm-hmm. all they're they're just jacked up. They're trying to fly, but back on Cybertron, the two oh, gun bros. Oh my god, dude, these dudes have been hanging out. Yeah, but Starscream's nose being down though kind of looked mm-hmm. like the Concord, but it also kind of it kind of also kind of looked like uh like, like when your dog is real uh <laughs> like real embarrassed that they that they peed on the carpet and uh yeah. you know they, they kind of hold their head down in shame because like Starscream knows that he just he just, yeah, he, he, just he can't handle his plans he can't he's <laughs> terrible yeah my belly crawls I, I get that um, <laughs> I don't even know he's anything wrong in belly crawls so uh, yeah so they are back on Cybertron and Megatron is so worried about what's happened since he's been stuck. So Shockwave gets his villain screen going to show how bad Starscream and Skywarp look because they look just tore up. Dude, and uh, yeah, he calls him a laser-powered, or Megatron calls him a laser-powered trash compactor. Like, <laughs> the laser's not a power source? Like, hey, like, like what? what's going on here? Um, <laughs> Megatron, you're still alive. So yeah, don't, don't sound so surprised. After that scene, you know, like basically all the Decepticons are going, oh, so thank God he's alive. We don't have to follow Starscream. So Megatron is planning from his uh, rec room. He's like over there throwing um, throwing orders from the uh, Shockwave's rec room. He's over there. Yeah, you do this. You do that. We're going to do this now. I'm not, he's not even back yet. He's already barking out orders. He, he knows what needs to be done. Oh, oh uh, Starscream drops another uh, ex- uh, ex- or, uh, exclamation here in that um, uh, after he hangs up, he's like, like leadership, my sign function. <laughs> <laughs> Get out your uh, scientific calculators, kids. Yeah, Casio out. So uh, yeah, and, uh, yeah. Megatron's like, so he's he's barking out orders, and um, he he wants to he wants them to meet him on Earth. He's going to take the, the Star Bridge again. So he wants to he wants five, them to meet him in five, five billion, billion astro seconds. So last time, three thousand <laughs> astro seconds was, was like, completely uncomfortable. Like three hours. This way too. This is way too long. So. I, again, we established last time that we don't know how long an Astro second no. is. But here's the here's the, the to, for me to translate this into into like Earth time here. I, I want to show you the gulf here and why this is why this is completely ridiculous. So three thousand Astro seconds was unacceptable last time. Yeah, which was how long it was going to take him to go from Earth to Cybertron. So three thousand seconds in in regular time in our time is fifty minutes. So about an hour. 
Yeah. Okay. And that was that was completely unacceptable. That was that was way too long. He couldn't have that. So five billion, billion. seconds. Take a wild guess as how long five billion seconds is. Just just if you were to, to just guess how long how long oh. is this? Obviously, you're talking years and centuries at this point. Five billion seconds is 158 and a half years. So, okay. so it's okay. It's okay that it takes this long this time, but, but 50 minutes the other, like last time completely. No, 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 dude. We can't. This is taking not this time, man. Five billion astroseconds. Five billion astroseconds. So Spike is dead. The <laughs> Earth is uh, the Earth is just completely uh, a waste. So yeah, no, I'm not. <laughs> I love it. Shockwave, yeah. shockwave. Yeah, you could tell he's gonna miss him already. It's like have a safe journey, Megatron. Oh, he doesn't care because he sat there for four million years. What's five billion astroseconds to him? Nothing. He's got the he's got the patience of a saint. It's like I'll see you soon, Megatron. <laughs> yeah, all right, well, that's, that's Don't it. be gone oh, too long. Learn. We get the introduction to Chip Chase, which you know it's funny nowadays. This guy, he's going to college as as like a fourteen year old or something because he knows everything, including he's got a he's got a uh, internship with a scientist who's developing a, what a, a code for antimatter. Yeah, yeah. They they're going into Bumblebee Spike and chip are just driving into this, this apparently a secure facility out in the desert and the uh reflector is there oh who's who's creeping who's reflector, creeping man. up there we got a 35 millimeter out there in the in the uh, i'm surprised someone picked it up I mean, why honestly did I pick it up? why did i pick it up take pictures dude like, why, but... why did, everyone picks up soundway but a reflector is out there as a 35 millimeter and no one cares that's fine it's fine it's fine because it, but you know why it's fine because he or they i guess because it's three guys uh, they're a robot in disguise. He yeah. takes he takes the, he takes it seriously. He takes the gimmick seriously, and uh, and and I respect that. And they get out of there, and uh, so yeah, they've got the they got the combination to get in. And uh, man, that's <laughs> one of those times where the animation is terrible. Bumblebee is so fat. I mean, he was, he, he was he was a thick boy. Wasn't he, he was a thick boy right there. He walks in. He's got like his little head, this big old midsection. Mm-hmm. It's one of those times where it's just it, the animation is so up and down. I don't know if you see the the scientist gives chip a five and a quarter disc to be able to link up with the computer at the facility. He basically gives him a disc with the internet on it. Here's how you connect with me. He it's gave like, him a disc of malware is what he gave him. He had to, it was, it was, had just to spy, it. it was just spyware is all it was like, um, <laughs> like, yeah, it does. It was, <laughs> yeah, Cause it was like, does he have a modem? I mean, is it, he like, has, he probably has the same kind of, I, modem I guess that, he have a, what, that, that uh, telephone, a, that one that you put the, the telephone on. And he, yeah, yeah. We're talking yeah. about, um, Oh God. Uh, War games, yeah, man. We have war games. Matthew yeah, Broderick yeah. putting the phone on right. the receiver, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, five and quarter disc has the ability to get on the internet, which is which is fine. Um, yeah, so the Decepticons want to steal this antimatter formula, and uh, they they exclaim how much it's going to be a piece of oil cake. Mm. <laughs> yeah, oil cake. sounds delicious. Just like just like mom used to make. So yeah, and uh, after this point, Laserbeak goes after them, but they escape. You know, comes back and you know he says, "I sorry, I escaped and all." But Prowl and Blue Streak randomly show up, start attacking the Seekers as they're going to get spare parts. <laughs> somebody call somebody Manifold Mouth here. Yeah, I, I don't. I, I, don't, I, don't I don't. I don't. I don't call who that is. Uh, during that fight, though, uh, there's yeah. like a fight somewhere there. Like Ravage just transforms and just hisses at somebody. He doesn't even fight the guy. He just hits. He just, <laughs> he's just like he's just like hissing. Like, Dude, just like, <laughs> I thought big mechanical uh, or robotic uh, panther hissed to me. I. I it get my attention too. I, I can't yeah, really. Good, yeah, that's a good point. Um, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, Prowl. So there's a big, there's a big fight here, and uh, Prowl and Blue, Blue Streak. Um, uh, which you got the two, two ADZs, the two yeah. ADZXs uh, hanging out together. Um, like th- there's a big brawl, and um, all the Decepticons are are just like, like, man, you guys are terrible without Optimus Prime and Ironhide to back you up. And uh, they're like, yeah, yeah, you're right. And they just got beat up. <laughs> they just they just got completely housed in this fight, and uh, they yeah, I guess we're sounding good. I don't know. Um, yeah, sound, sound no, wave, no confidence. But yeah, like Soundwave uh, shoots Prowl. Prowl, I guess, is all zappy and he can't do anything. So his backup is to link up with any computer that's online. He used oh, the word online. His battle computer was broken. Yeah. Which I don't know what a battle computer is. I guess kind of like um, remember back when you had like a four eighty six, but then you, your friend uh, was rich and they got a four eighty six SX with a math coprocessor. Oh, I guess maybe like a battle computer is like an <laughs> Autobot like coprocessor, like a yeah. um, like math coprocessor. Um, this was a weird time for computers though, because like nobody really knew what computers could do 
or what they were gonna do and so people just threw words around all the time like they were like oh i'm just gonna upload uh, this or i'm gonna download well, yeah. this or um like i'm gonna be online and and it, it which was kind of uh we didn't know what computers could do so that's why the whole idea of like you know the movie war games you know we could link up to a big supercomputer make our, our computer more powerful which that is it's not how that works but we didn't know that then so we go back to this so yeah, Chip apparently with his new five and a quarter floppy is online, and Prowl links up with his, his uh, computer, <laughs> and then he kind of takes control of Prowl. Yeah, I guess like I guess like so that becomes like like Chip becomes like is running the the battle computer or whatever, and like yeah, he makes Prowl jump onto like a like a, a jet fighter, and he's so but he like rips the, the canopy it. off, and yeah, but he's he's sitting on the top of it. Like reaching in, it's like he's like a like yeah. an adult on a power wheel almost. Is what it, <laughs> it is, is what it looks like. He's, he's like driving this plane around a hangar and shooting missiles at the Decepticons. And um, God, yeah, that's actually uh, exactly how it looked too. <laughs> he was giant. He was like, like, yeah, or like when you or like uh, like he's like like Donkey Kong on the like Mario Kart, and where he's you know he's giant, oh, yeah. you know, and he's like like a like a gorilla riding a Vespa, sort of almost. Um, yeah. Yeah. Hey, uh, so, um, Megatron's voice sounded uh, different, a little bit different here. Is this the different guy doing? No, no. It, the, Same you guy. know, honestly, early on, it may not. They may have not really had the uh, the voice down. Pat, who knows? Mm. Megatron shows up to the uh, laboratory to get the uh, antimatter formula. He uh, he has the code, gets in there, and uh, the scientist types a few lines. And he says, "I've deleted it." Ha ha. Yeah, and uh, they go on the computer and say, well, actually, no, he didn't delete. He uploaded it somewhere else. The so chip. to the chip, the chip's chip's computer, IBM, he's uploaded the, this, this amazing formula to his five and a quarter disc. They, uh, they go and attack Chip's house. Ravage flies Chip through a window in his wheelchair, no less. He uh, He's nice enough to get him in his wheelchair. So he's not like, you know, he's not incapable of moving around later. Oh, but Chip also, um, uh, yeah, no, I noticed that also they were real conservative. Oh, I'm sorry, uh, yeah. But so, uh, so Chip um, memorized the formula. He memorized the formula for, for antimatter, for making antimatter. And then, but then, which is like, uh, uh, like, all right. Whatever. Obviously, just a few lines of code. Just a, just a few lines, just a few, yeah, yeah just, a, just a couple of equations, right? But then he takes the, but here, more unbelievable than that, though. <laughs> yeah. He takes this floppy disk, this five and a quarter floppy disk, and he rips it in half. And like, 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 okay, those things were... Like the discs themselves were, they were like almost like film or whatever. But yeah, like those, yeah. those sleeves, those like, uh, they were like, like hard vinyl. Like, remember, like mm -hmm. you could rip, you could, like, you well, had, yeah. they would bend, but you could rip those things. No, so you those, some wheelchair nerd, he's not gonna, <laughs> he's not ripping yeah. this thing in half. This he's, is got the, he's got the Hulk strength to wheel himself around all the time. I, I believe that he's able to memorize <laughs> his code before I can believe that he's able to, to rip know, off man. the disc sleeve in half. Um, I know, right? And this was poor. So this poor kid ripped it in half. That was probably the disc that he he probably used. That uh, that's probably like a Zork disc that he uh, <laughs> that he recorded the the antimatter formula over that. So now he can't play Zork and he can't. Uh, you gotta you gotta go bootleg it. Two sad things. Yeah, there you go. I know, man. Um, so uh, I don't know if you kept, caught this though. Outside when uh, they take Chip out there, uh, Soundwave's voice is not modulated at all. It sounds just like Doctor Claw for a second for a line. No, I didn't catch that. Oh yeah, I, oh, I I'm gonna have to go back. I'll have to yeah, go back yeah. and watch it. Okay. Right outside Chip's house, he says something like, and just like Doctor Claw's voice, no modulation at all. It was kind of weird. I had to like, did I just hear that? Back it up, yeah. But uh, yeah, so they show back up at the lab with Chip still in his chair. They were nice enough to keep him in his chair at least. Well, they're and, real uh, considerate of, of yeah, they're very of much. His disabilities. That's good. Good for the Decepticons because <laughs> you know the Autobot. The Autobots probably wouldn't even care. They probably just throw them in like uh, the back of like Hound. <laughs> I just like, ride back yeah, here. Yeah, we'll you know, seatbelt. We'll, we're in yeah. the '80s, man. It's yeah. fine. Uh, yeah. So they they throw him back. They 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 show the, up there in his chair, and then the first thing they do is threaten his life. Like we're oh. we're going to uh, if you follow us in here, we'll kill him or we'll hurt him. Well, like Soundwave is using like a he's got like an electrical field or something. He's using to interrogate him and to get the oh the yeah matter knowledge. He's, he's dude, like the two Soundwave, fingers on his, on his head. Yeah, dude. Once again, Soundwave can do it all. Yep. he's dude he's the, he's the ultimate transformer this guy like he, any power that they need like he's he's got it he's, you know actually the uh, that kind of plays into his original text spec to write it for it and i'll find it later for you but it basically he uh he is feared by all Autobot, autobots and decepticons because he can use the sound waves to you know uh, read other 
robot spines. He can use that all could... these. Yeah, yeah. It, it was pretty freaky the way that he was risen written, written up. Yeah, he was essentially he was a spook for everyone. Yeah, he uh he could modulate waves and they could read modulated waves to read whether someone's lying, what someone's thinking, you know. So basically mind reader. So here well, we go. So what you're saying, so what you're saying is that we need to make a low budget VHS camcorder horror film about a haunted tape deck, and then we'll be the the subject of adoration by horror film fans. Is what you're saying? Actually, after what I watched today <laughs> for low budget horror movies, Killer Pinata, dude, that is a much better premise. Killer Pinata, huh? Okay. Oh my god. Yeah. All right. Yeah, it's exactly what you think it is. Anyway, so well, moving on. That's going on the list. <laughs> So yeah, they uh, they read his brain. They get the formula, and after attain Megatron commands Soundwave to get rid of the boy. They're gonna make antimatter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> get rid of him. We're done. We're gonna make antimatter. Uh, so <laughs> so uh, outside, Optimus shows up with the Autobots, and they have a huddle. Like they can't radio each other and talk to each other. It's like okay, here's the plan, guys. Which I don't understand that at all. And you know, they they start to begin their operation. Operation Antimatter. Antimatter. Yeah. In case no one picked up on what the episode was, like the, the MacGuffin of the episode was, it is antimatter. And uh to be careful, by the way. And uh, Mirage disappears again, and Hound turns into a rolling boulder. He turned into a rock. Flash forward to the yeah. Rock Lords, the GoBots. <laughs> were those GoBots? Oh, yes, those they were, GoBots? man. Always okay. come back to the GoBots with you, isn't it? The Rock Lords, which um, <laughs> which also um, brings me back to um, the movie Big with the uh, the scene where oh, they're yeah, planning the out the toys. And yeah, they're like, well, why is that fun? And which uh, when I saw that, I was like, what about the Rock Lords? Like somebody, that got past somebody. Like how's the Rock fun? Well, spoiler alert, it didn't work. So, um, what the rock lords didn't work? Oh, or, um... man, they uh, they they crashed pretty hard. The rock lord and the uh, invisible footprint, <laughs> the invisible, guy invisible car, are walking up and Rumble is an idiot, dude. Rumble sounds like 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 Lenny and Squiggy from uh, Laverne and Shirley, dude. He sounds like a like a grease, like a, like a 50s greaser. This guy is super that's, cool, yeah. That's his voice, how he talks, but it's great, you know, dude. So... He is oblivious, <laughs> dude. Like, oh, I don't know what's going on. I don't remember that rock being there rolling this way. <laughs> So Mirage talks to him like, you know, all still invisible. He's like, what's that? And Bumbley flies, flies over his shoulder. Over. <laughs> <laughs> so he turns back and looks over there like, what's that? And they, uh, Helm comes out of being a rock and Mirage shows back up. You know, I don't know why he went visible and they yeah. run in. Yeah. Rebel's looking around going, well, I guess nothing's here. He's Dude, like, he was the, the worst. He has the attention span of a Death Star Stormtrooper. Dude, he was like a Metal Gear uh, goon. He was, huh? What was that? Yeah. <laughs> and meanwhile, the solid snake just, just creeps in and blows up a you know ten million dollar robot. Uh, God, this guy is. Oh, oh this guy's this guy's great. I love him. He's uh oh he's he's definitely oh he's definitely going in the, on the MVP squad because yeah. Uh, so the best thing is, uh, <laughs> Mirage says it's something about uh he said something and like Mirage says that's the smartest thing you said all day and he goes really. Hey, what's going on? <laughs> Rich, yeah, Megatron commands Soundwave to start the process. Pull the strings. Pull the strings. So yeah, Energon cubes are back to being moving boxes, not pizza yeah. boxes anymore. Um, and uh, but then uh, after that, at this point, they're they're loading these uh, these Energon cubes up, and uh, the wall blasts open, and there's 42 versions of Hound are, are coming out because he's yeah. He's made himself. He's got holograms making holograms duplicates of himself. Everywhere. He's doing the. He's doing the, the clone jitsu from uh, from Naruto. Um, oh, yeah. uh, yeah. Speaking um, of that, I think like Prowl and Blue Streak mentioned something about a uh, jet judo or something. Oh, and they're like had that fight before. Anyways, oh, 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 they, they, they do. They, yeah. Actually, it's not them, but it's. it's uh, yeah, no, we'll get to that because yeah. uh, I, I I specifically made notes. Megatron shoots computer screens, you know, random big oh, panels did. of computers because Hound's over there being like a hologram guy. Starscream cannot hold his gun for a second episode. He's like holding it in his hand. They're attached to his arms, but he decides to hold it again. He gets knocked free once again, which tells you he shouldn't take him off his arm. Just keep him on his arms. They go better there. He should and just get a job as like a cargo plane because he's terrible at it. At, at, at everything else. else. Yeah, uh, Bumblebee and Spike uh, just run in to save Chip. Like they don't care about this, this battle going on. They don't care about the Decepticons. They're just running right in. The yeah. Hazard throwing a caution to the wind. They they run right in and they save him and dodge a couple of lasers and then they, they just start driving out. Like yeah, you know, they, the Decepticons they, they, are just stunned. They're I don't know what's going on. 
Grab um, chip, leave. They smash then, some windows of the way out there. That was pretty cool. Oh, yeah. Then the real fight starts. Optimus Prime goes in there, runs through the wall with Rumble standing around top of it, goes through there and spins the 18-wheeler trailer, opens up with all the other cars, so he's like start falling it out. And then there's this great like Fast and the Furious scene through hallways. He pulled it, the but he pulled the Daedalus maneuver from Robotech where they smashed the, uh, the 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 aircraft carrier there through you the, go. Uh, the, the ship and, and had the, the mechs in there. He did that exact move before that. Well, I guess this is after that episode. But. And yeah, and, and dude, they uh they, yeah, and they unload yeah, and it is very fast and furious. Like, so many- Rumble like is just completely oblivious, but this also just you know cements that Optimus Prime has zero tactical accuracy. He is the worst tactic. He's like, well, why didn't they just go in in the first place? Well, I think they wanted to get a chip out of the way so there was no like collateral. Maybe they're actually learning to not shoot first when there's humans involved. I don't know. So in that way, he actually did show tactics. He got them out of there. Sent sent the spies in, got him out. Okay, now we're going to go grow through the wall and uh, send them all in there. And the uh, his trailer is like a clown car. So many cars coming out of the thing. Full of Autobots in there. There, (laughs) uh, this this battle commences, and then what's Megatron do? Blows the whole place up. He just shoots, he shoots energy. <laughs> they shoot through the wall. And he just blows the whole thing. He's like, all right, well, this is gonna be this kind of party. I'm just gonna blow this whole thing up. He, he flings, just, he like like tosses up like a uh, antimatter energon cube and like blows the whole place. Destroys the whole thing, dude. Except oh, for where God. they were, apparently, where they had the energon cubes there. They like, okay, we're all good now. They're all trashed. Perfect. Dude, the Autobots got wrecked. They got absolutely wrecked. The Sunbounds yeah. were fine. And uh, the Sunbounds were there. They were fine. This this plan achieved nothing. They, they got Spike out or they got uh, Chip yeah. out of there. Yeah. But that, that was about it. But then, like, so the Autobots have, like, broken windshields, which is a good way to show that Autobots are hurt in this, you know. And, oh, yeah. And, That's one of the easy ways smash, to show it. Yeah. Smash windshield, bro- like, bent up fenders. And there was a guy that I think was Jazz, but mm-hmm. he was all crashed up. I think it was Jazz. But, um, I think so, yeah. Uh, but they go back to the arc and like ratchet's like oh my god you guys are all hurt but like he was at the battle like there's a there's a shot of him transforming unless they just animated ironhide and and didn't color him correctly yeah it could be that uh but yeah he was definitely there i remember him transforming next to sunstreaker so yeah he was there and yeah so they uh they go back there and get repaired um and he chip was there crying that the only reason they got the formula is because he memorized it. What was he supposed to do? Like put right it on a paper, put it under a rock in his house. No matter what he did, he did the exact right thing. No yeah. matter what he if he did if he didn't tear it up, they would have just taken the disc. If he would have written it down, yeah. they would have taken the paper. So I mean he yeah. did the absolute most secure thing. He, he, they would, they would, they would he put didn't write his password down. He didn't he, he didn't use birthday for his password. He did all the IT security <laughs> things. And it was one, fun. two, three, he four, did. five, six, seven, eight. That's my password. No, it's not. <laughs> he, um, did, he did this. Autobots, there's some Autobots though, while they're getting repaired, there's two of them that are like they're like arm wrestling. They're like oh uh, yeah, it's uh, uh, sideswipe side sunstreaker. They're like, Yeah, yeah, we're good, we're good, we're good. Like, they're all hanging yeah. out. They're just chilling at the base at this point. You're like, they're all fixed. Yeah, they're arm wrestling each other. Back at the base, yeah, Autobots are having a hangout with the Autobot brothers arm wrestling each other. Luckily, the CRT comes on with an image of the Decepticons flying. It's a tight shot of them too, man. It's not like some yeah. far away thing, surveillance thing. It's like a, it's like, right, there's like a Hollywood crew. There's, there's a boom right mic there. being pulled in front of them, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, no, absolutely. And uh, so they run off and they uh, they have a little, they jump on jets and have a brawl and then they jump off again with a robot parachute. Yeah, from, uh, so from, I, the, you the notice they can, they can fly again, by the way. Yeah. Ice Wipe, who has the rocket pack from episode three of their miniseries. Uh, oh, so, yeah, yeah Sunstreaker right, okay. and uh, Sideswipe show up and they're just, they're beating the heck out of the jets. And until they get, they deal you know, real retaliation, uh, Starscream knocks off Sideswipe. What are those guys? They're, they're uh, Lamborghini. Countaches, I think. Uh, called. yeah, one's got this these weird like mega, you know, like air intakes on the back of it, and the, yeah, the other one's just a very straight up Countach. Uh, that was that was a very that was a very eighties, very eighties, Cannonball Run style eighties. Hardcastle and McCormick. Oh um, man. <laughs> uh, yeah. So um, they they kind of lose this battle, and as they're parachuting down with their metal parachutes, um, one of I think Sunstreaker. Um, he is like, man, uh, we need to work on our jet judo. That's what it was. So, so they do have a martial. There is a martial art. There. We'll go with that, man. And, jet uh, judo sounds like a good so one. I was, I, I was, which I guess would be a, a, like a martial art designed only to fight against uh, jets in flight. Which, um, so there's like many brand. It's just, I'm, I'm fairly impressed. I'm, I'm impressed. So I'm the Sepcons show up and they absorb antimatter and get real strong. Oh, Megatron powers up. 
Oh yeah, and then he, he, transforms, loads, he loads it up. Yeah. He transforms into the uh, as he's referred to in the next few minutes as the antimatter gun that looks just the same as he did. Yeah, before. exactly. It looks like he's got that man from Uncle Stock and uh, Silencer yeah. and everything on there. But you know, and, but, you, but you know what happens here though is the uh, I'm not you know what, I'm not even going to mention the scale change. I'm done with the I, no, I, I've, yeah, complained, no. I've complained enough about the scale change, and so what you know we're what? all tired of hearing about it. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm tired of talking about it so uh no the so scale was so out of whack in this episode not the worst of the episodes ever to have that problem but it's pretty bad and so the uh they hatch a plan that starts with optimus prime getting tossed at starscreen and knocking megatron the antimatter gun out of his hand yeah he's driving and bronze down in a, in a in like a little ditch because here you go and throws him at starscream the, the, the megatron goes flying he does the X-Men fastball special. He does. That's and, exactly uh, what that is. Yeah, even though he's tiny. He's a little, yeah. he's a little, little dude. He throws a big old Optimus. But yeah, so uh, Starscream drops Megatron and then uh, Skywarp picks him up. Yeah. And um, he's about to start blasting all these guys. And here comes Spike out of nowhere with a jackhammer. <laughs> no, no air to host to it at all. No. And he's attacking this weapon of ultimate destruction with a jackhammer. <laughs> like a giant robot. Like a like this thing this he's like what twenty feet tall or something like that? And yep. he's just he's just like like drilling into his foot with a with a jackhammer while he's got a even something even better than the null ray. You guess I mean Megatron's better than the null ray at this point. So yeah, yeah, what happens next though is Chip apparently is really, really fast in this chair, runs over and sticks a remote control doohickey on Sky Skyrope's other leg. It was a calculator. It was a yeah. yeah it looked it looked like a uh, scientific calculator. Yeah, and uh, yeah, with a little antenna on it. So that's one once again the uh, Chekhov's gun. You know, we we we're, we're taught uh, that yeah. Chip can like uh, they had the ability to log in through a um, online computer and control transformers at least for this episode. And uh, so yeah, yeah, the remote control goes on. Skyward starts shooting at uh, at the other team members. Megatron transforms, and all of a sudden, the antimatter is at critical mass. So he starts opens his chest out, just starts lobbing them down there, dude, blowing up he's whatever, blowing it up. He just likes to blow things up, man. He's just he's a simple man, and he just wants to blow stuff up. I'm uh, pleasures, loves it. That's fine. And that's fine. That's <laughs> that's totally fine. So, uh... so yeah, the uh, whole plan falls apart, and they retreat as uh as as which is you know pretty much on ta- on on message for every episode chip through. is the hero here he yeah, is but, 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 like the autobots are just, yay hippa, yay chip man uh but <laughs> hey, you know, maybe megatron should like befriend a boy since human kids are are, are able to solve everything so, yeah so, that's that's well, you know they have a bad guy well the whole idea of this um where chip is taking over prowl remotely and they're taking it over like skywarp remotely i feel like it's kind of a um the basis for the uh, headmasters which came out you know in the season four so that's something that's uh that's a long way off but it really gives you there this, this is the first mention of the wreckers first mention of controlling uh, a human controlling a transformer so all you can see these kinds of things are maybe like a basis for things that happen later on like way later on okay but uh, yeah, the whole thing falls apart, and they retreat, and uh, the Autobots are okay because I don't, I don't know. Actually, Soundwave still has the uh, the whole formula for antimatter. Yeah, they can do this again. You know, this this and they, so, they can just do this, I, this this plot every week from now on. But apparently, they're gonna forget because this doesn't come up very often anymore. So <laughs> there's that. But uh, yeah, you know, honestly, just a fun episode. I like the idea of the continuity. So, um, anyways, yeah, what do you think about it, man? Man, this episode was all over the place. This was the most uh, like scatterbrained episode of this so far. It, it, it was, you know, there was like random plans that didn't mean anything and nothing worked like they wanted it to work. And it was like everything just ended up uh, like being this paper thin uh, transition to to get to like some big fight that, that didn't really go anywhere either. But because of that, my kid brain actually really enjoyed this one since it, it felt like one of those afternoons where uh, like you and your friend were um, you're just having this big F play session and like all of your you know you've got all your GI Joes or all your um, you know He Man's or Transformers out and you're you, and you're just constantly you know each one of you are like and then this happens and then and then they plan to do this and then this happens and and it's just a big excuse to just bang all of your action figures together. Yeah. Um, um, and uh, and my, my kid brain liked it like that a whole lot. Um, that really appealed to like my style of play when I was a kid. And, and, it, and it, this is just like there's eight million plots going on in this uh, in this episode, and it would just would have been fodder for me to go play with my toys at this point. And um, so uh, kid brain's gonna gonna go uh, four 
five and a quarter floppy disks out of five. Um, adult brain just could not keep up with, with this breakneck hyped up speed and, and just uh, like all over the placeness of this. And uh, I'd have to, adult brain just gonna have to just finds a, a little bit of coherence and uh, I'd have to go like two out of five on this. But, uh, but the kid, the kid brain rating on this is just, is, is great. This is, this was, this was a lot of fun and just, um, um, just, you know, breakneck speed of uh, just, dumb idea after dumb idea after dumb idea and you get some you get some good toy ads in there too yeah i think i'd agree with you there i mean honestly the way i looked at it i haven't watched this episode god in probably a couple decades uh this is one of those ones i just never went back to watch because it just kind of happened after all the important things of season one i thought happened before other important things so it's just one of those buffer episodes that i never really never really went back to watch um it's it was a lot of fun a lot of incoherent stuff um and the, the scaling, the animation is all over the place. And it was really just an excuse to get Megatron back to Earth, which works great. Shockwave and him have had a little time to hang out. Shockwave's okay again. Uh, they're, I mean, really, I'd give this like, uh, you know, I'd give this two sessions of Jet Judo out of five. Um, <laughs> it, it was okay. This is one of those things that it feels more of like the that that cartoon fodder. Because they they went after the ultimate MacGuffin of '80s high stakes, you know, cartoons, antimatter. Oh, anti-matter. Anti-matter was that. That was a, that was one of those things along with like quicksand and scorpions that I thought were going to be like huge factors in my life later. I'm on. still waiting for antimatter to blow up and blow up the entire world. To, yeah, exactly, exactly. And especially with as much as uh, Star Trek as I watched. It's, it's, I was, Jesus Christ, dude! Like I was about to say that the antimatter chamber where they yeah. they had that other thing. Yeah. Yeah, like I, I assumed at some point in my life I was going to be pumping that into the gas tank of my car, and uh, no, I'm I'm very disappointed. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, a fun episode, but uh, really nothing you know crazy about it. Uh, there there are some nice references, the things that really probably had nothing to do with the later in- incarnations, like Wreckers, and uh, the idea of uh, humans taking over, you know, Transformers. A lot of things, a lot of things are like leading up to better episodes coming up, which I'm I was more impressed honestly that they had continuity with the last one the continuity was very was it very felt cool. like a complete uh, still part of the complete story so i'm good with that man so uh yeah i guess i will we'll leave it there man uh you know a little lackluster for adults watching this thing and um i will end this with uh well you're gonna end with your own way but i will say everyone i'm gonna put how to contact us on the show notes once again we actually love hearing from you it makes me um, like I realize that it's I'm not just you know saying things like I'm not whist- whistling in the dark. People are actually listening to us, so uh, that's it's really exciting. And uh, this has been a big, big positive thing for me. I know Ed, you've expressed to me that you enjoy doing this so much. Oh yeah, no, and uh, no. so yeah, we love the feedback. So uh, I'm going to put everything in the show notes afterwards, and I'll let you take us out with a quote as you do. As long as there is power flows through any of my circuits, Megatron, I will fight you. Right there, and I'm up. spark. All right, until next time, guys. Take it easy, everyone. Pleasure having you here once again. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs>